When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Listeners, are you ready? Because it is time to introduce our next icon. Let's do it. In her 30-plus-year career, this powerhouse has done it all. Correction, dominated all. Okay, okay, fair. I'm talking fashion, music, dance, film, and the list goes on and on. And where do you even begin telling a story like hers? On the six? Mm, the South Side Bronx? <laughs> Over the next five episodes, we're going to revisit Jennifer's journey from the boogie down Bronx to the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, with each episode examining her very public and much talked about multi-hyphenated career. So one week, it'll be all about the musica. Yeah. The next week, her as a thespian. Um, good word choice there. Yes, sure. <laughs> then we'll do a two-part on Benefer 1.0 and 2.0. Oh, okay. Hold up. Hold up. I don't know about a two-parter just on Ben, but listen, we will definitely dive into all of her relationship drops. <sighs> I love that. But let's kick it off with something very close to our hearts, Primo. Jennifer Lopez, the fashion icon. From that infamous Versace dress to the barely there looks on Hustlers, we're talking about it all. I'm your host, Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And this is Becoming an Icon. A weekly podcast where we give you the rundown on how today's most famous Latinx stars have shaped pop culture. And given the world some extra sabor. Sit back and get comfortable. Because we are going in. The only way we know how. With Buenas Vibras. 
algunas risas, some chisme, and a lot of opinions as we relive their greatest achievements on our journey to find out what makes them so iconic. JLo is known for her style and beauty. And beyond being talented, she's simply drop-dead fucking gorgeous. And knows how to slay a runway. Did you see her reprise of the green Versace dress two years back? Um, se me paro. El corazón. Okay, okay, I promise we're gonna get to that. But hold on a second. Fine. Listen, she was the epitome of 90s and aughts fashion. And in 2019, La Reina del Bronx was awarded one of the highest honors in fashion, the CFDA Fashion Icon Award. Yeah, so the Council of Fashion Designers of America is basically the who's who of fashion in America. And every year at the CFDAs, by the way, that's how people in the biz call them, they highlight and honor emerging and existing American designers. And of course, the most influential names in fashion. Past CFDA icons have included names like, I don't know, Riri, Zendaya, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and of course, Pharrell Williams. And let me just tell you, I was there that night and it was so major. JLo arrived, she skipped the carpet. Okay, wait. She didn't skip the carpet. She skipped the lowly reporters, which I am one of, at the end of the carpet. <laughs> she did do the big interviews. But here's the thing. Even though she skipped a whole section of the carpet, you couldn't miss her, Joseph, because do you remember what she was wearing? Hold on. I do remember what she was wearing, but I'm confused because sometimes I saw it in orange, but <gasps> other people were seeing it was red, but I thought it was like a tangerine color. Okay, so I'm going to call it poppy. And listen, we can fact check this with Ralph Lauren's design team. It was neither orange nor red. Depending on how you saw it, whether you saw it in person or in photos or in a video, it kind of read both. And so I'm going to call it poppy. But it was this out of this world, stunning two piece, of course, by Ralph Lauren, who, like JLo, was raised in the Bronx. And she said of him, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Ralph Lauren's from the Bronx? Yes. You didn't know that? Okay, que lo que, Ralph. <laughs> okay, well, we've got to talk about this look because she even said, people asked her, what was the inspiration for the look? How did you and Ralph come together on this? And here's what she said of Lauren. She said, I know he understands a girl's love of crop tops, some sparkles and drama because they're both from the Boogie Down Bronx. They get each other. This particular style is their language when it comes to fashion. And I just remember seeing her in this and thinking she just showed up to the CFDAs in a crop top to claim her icon award. And it was so JLo of her because it almost evoked the early 90s fly girl in her. It was a little athleisure. I feel she would wear that red top with baggy cargos and some Tims. <laughs> But she wore it with a ball gown to the CFDAs. Of course. And showing off those abs. I mean, come on. You're right. The abs had to take first stage. And what I remember most about her that night is how humbled she felt. And you know, there's artists that receive these big awards and they fake humble. Jennifer that night, really in the room, seemed almost nervous to me. And I think it's because... We've talked about this, you and I before, in private. You know, fashion is this very exclusive world. And for a 
self-made Latina like J-Lo to receive this award in a room full of the who's who of fashion really meant something to her. And she's had such a long evolution and such a long road to get here that Mm -hmm. it was a really special award for her. And I remember even backstage after she received the award, she was giving no interviews. Her publicist came over to the entire press corps and said, no questions, no interviews. And I was like, you know what? that's my chance to ask a question because none of the other reporters were going to ask a question. You are so sneaky. Listen, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. And so I relied on one strategy that I relied on before when interviewing JLo is instead of asking her the question in English, I asked the question in Spanish and you stand out from a sea of reporters and she literally was coming off the stage. Alex was holding her by the hand. They were making a beeline for the side door because they were going to their after party. And I grabbed my Access Hollywood mic. I grabbed my reporter and I said, let's go. And we jumped in and I asked her, what does this award mean to you? And why does it feel so special? And she started talking about it. She was, I was honestly one of the only questions that got answered and her publicist literally shot me darts. and <laughs> was like, never <sighs> again. But she gave a beautiful answer and it was our moment. But I think the reason she spoke to me is because I asked her the question in Spanish. So by the way, if you're out there and you're an aspiring entertainment reporter and you speak the language of the star you're trying to get, Spanish. I love that. I tips and tricks. Tips and tips tricks and with Liliana Vasquez. But you know what? Jennifer's evolution has come so far, right? He's definitely evolved. So we are going to take that all the way to the beginning. Where? To the Bronx. Jennifer Lynn Lopez was born in 1969 to David Lopez and Guadalupe Rodriguez. 1969? Damn, that makes her 53? I know, right? This is the reason she has her own beauty brand. But also, hold up. I need to channel my inner Walter Mercado here. Um, beep, 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 beep. Okay, I was calculating with the stars. <laughs> when was she born? She was born on July 24th. She's sort of on the cusp. Okay, okay. So I'm reading a lot of fire. So she's a Leo sun, a Scorpio moon, and a Leo rising. Let me tell you, Mama was born to be a star. Yes, she was. She was born to be a star. And growing up, Jennifer idolized fashion icons of the 80s, like Madonna, Cyndi Lauper, and of course, Janet Jackson. We all did. And in her CFDA speech, she actually mentioned that she used to cut up her shirts to look like those 80s icons. Wait a minute. I used to do that, too. And the fishnet stockings? And they still have those stockings. If there's any listeners out there that are into that. Joseph, this is not your personal dating site. This is not where you're going to find your mans. (laughs) Okay, fair. But if you're listening... Okay, enough, enough. Here's the thing, though. If you think back to this time, there was also something else happening in the Bronx while she was growing up. And it really led to that signature style you first saw when she hit the scene. We're talking baggy jeans, crop tops, and, of course, hoop earring. That's because hip-hop was born in the Bronx. And when Jenny was growing up, it was everywhere. That Bronx street style became her signature look, both off and on the stage as a fly girl. A fly girl? Wait, in serio? You don't know what a fly... Are there people that are too young to remember fly girls? Okay, you're making me feel like a viejita, so stop right now. (sighs) But for all you youngsters, we will deep dive into the era of the fly girl in an upcoming episode. But let's set the stage, okay, Joseph? 
It was the 90s, and the fashions were, well, they were one of a kind. What do you remember about that mid-90s style? Okay, stop it right there, because I'm going to tell you what I do remember is um, Jinko jeans. And <laughs> they I, I was kind of a raver, but also not. <laughs> Um, I remember, um, so I would wear my Jinko jeans and remember those really big Tommy Hilfiger logo shirts? Yes, I need photos <laughs> of you in this outfit. Um, I had the the shirt and I had the jacket matching. Now, did you wear sneakers with that or were you wearing Tim's? I was wearing, no, it was kind of like a raver boot. Like a Doc Martin it, oh, or oh something? Oh my God, Doc Martin. It was totally, it was totally Doc Martin. Tell me what you were wearing. Oh, God. Okay. So I was wearing same. I was wearing baggy jeans, but mine were not name brand because I shopped at Ross. In the <laughs> 579. <laughs> so they you. were non-name brand baggy cargos. I was wearing baby tees with a tank top over it, <sighs> layered looks, and yes. then a choker. And then I definitely had a lot of Tommy Hilfiger that my mom would buy me at garage sales. So I had like secondhand, which now we call vintage Tommy Hilfiger. And I think about all of the brands. Like we talked about FUBU, Fat Farm. Oh my God, Kangle hats. I wanted a Kangle hat for Christmas one year. I never got one. They were too expensive. Thank you. I never got one because they were too expensive. It's all I wanted for Christmas and I never got it. And oh wait, do you remember Sean John? Oh my God. Sean John, the brand founded by Puff Daddy? <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Puffy, I guess for short, right? Uh, P. Diddy? Just Diddy now? Sean Combs? And that's very formal. I feel like we're writing his Wikipedia, but that man has way too many names. Okay, well, we'll just call him Diddy. So it was 1998 and Diddy had founded Sean John. And then a year later is when he started dating J-Lo. Girl, it was messy at times. So you know what? I, You know what I was remembering? Do you remember the club shooting? <gasps> Are we going to go? That's very controversial, but... Okay, we won't. We won't go there, but it was 90s New York and things were a little rough around the edges in the club scene. And allegedly, mm -hmm. allegedly, Jennifer and Puffy were at a club. Things got out of hand. They had nothing to do with it, but they did flee the scene. It was all over page six, the New York Post. This relationship started off like this. So it kind of set the tone. It was a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And Jennifer even said of the relationship, quote, I was totally crying, crazy and going nuts. It really took my whole life in a tailspin. And this is what she said to Vibe magazine. So we know that things were not smooth and easy in this relationship. But one thing we do remember about them as a couple is that when things were good, they were great, especially the fashion. Because while she was with Diddy, don't you feel J-Lo was just becoming so much more conscious of, of her look and her vibe and her style? Totally. She was in the spotlight and she was part of, you know, they were huge fashion icons. So I feel like Diddy and J-Lo were the original Kim and Kanye. You know, <gasps> he kind of changed her style. Oh, my God. I've never thought of them that way. But right? you're so right, because he kind of gave her entree into this new designer world. Right. She was now in the spotlight. She was getting photographed all the time. She was half of a major power couple in Hollywood. And you're right. 
right. That's when they started flying to Paris for Fashion Week. Hello, Kim and Kanye. They were like the original Paris Fashion Week couple. And as she started to explore her style Mm -hmm. in Paris and in Milan, she was diving headfirst into these new looks and starting to take really bold risks with Diddy by her side. Let me tell you, bitch, she dropped those cargo pants and went for couture. Well, Versace couture, to be more specific. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion Lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. It was the year 2000. Jennifer was in a major Hollywood power couple, but she was also standing on her own. She was nominated for a Grammy Award for her album On The Six. And let's be honest, that was a major nomination for anyone, but especially for a girl from the Bronx. And that meant that she needed a major dress for the show. Unfortunately, at her first fitting for the awards show, she basically hated everything that was presented to her. Girl, I have been there. They show up with a rack and you're like, seriously? You want me to wear this garbage? (laughs) So she did what any starlet would do and asked her stylist to re-pull options. The stylist came back with three. By the way, anyone that has worked as a stylist, you don't show up with three dresses. Who shows up with three dresses? Seriously. Scary. That's scary. (laughs) It's terrifying. So the stylist comes back with three dresses. And one of those three dresses (gasps) was... The green Versace dress. J-Lo loved it, pulled it off the rack, and said, this is the one. Well, the only problem was it had been worn before. (gasps) One, by a Spice Girl. Two, my girlfriend, Sandra Bullock. She's not really my girlfriend. And even Donatella herself. So, I mean, let's be honest, re-wearing a dress is a major fashion no-no. But Jennifer said, F that, 
not only am I going to wear it, but I'm going to wear it and it's going to be so much better than any of those other bitches. Okay. She didn't say the bitches part. I added that on. She basically just told her stylist, I don't care. It's happening in a week. We don't have another option. This is the dress I'm wearing. Let's keep it moving. I just love how decisive she is. Now, when I said green Versace dress, uh-huh. your face just went, oh, it I was lit up. Gagarella. I, I couldn't take it. It was too much. Okay. So in case you guys have been living under a rock or you're too damn young to remember this dress, let's set the stage. So it was this beautiful sheer chiffon, right? It was this very tropical motif. It almost reminds me of a Brazilian Amazon jungle type print. It was like a leaf Mm. and a bamboo. But I think the most striking part of the dress was that it revealed both the leg and the chest. And usually with these dresses, you get a deep V or a high cut slit, right? That's kind of standard. You get one or the other. Most celebrities would never choose to wear both a deep V and a high cut slit. But we're talking about Jennifer Lopez. I was really, really confused when I first saw the dress by two things. One, it might sound a little shady. I could not get over the phony pony that she was wearing. (laughs) It was too much for me to handle. It was one of those claws with hair. You know what I mean? It was like a claw with a hair clip. It was it was too much. One, that was that. Number, I'll let you dive into that if you want. And number two, I thought it was a bathing suit wrap. I thought she was wearing a bathing suit under that. Kind of. But the reason you thought that is because there was like, well, where's the rest of the dress? And no one had worn anything like that. No, and certainly not at a major award show when you're nominated. At the time, that was a little scandalous. Now we have lived in the era post-naked dress. People show up in pasties and no one cares. But in 2000, the red carpet world was different. And for J-Lo to wear something that was so revealing at that place in time Mm -hmm. felt very escandaloso, no? 100%. And the fact that it was crazy, crazy expensive, it was worth $15,000, no? It was a major price tag. It was also a major designer. And it really took Versace to another level. It made Versace a household name because everyone knew that that dress was Versace. And one of the questions that I remember thinking when I saw the dress was I immediately go to the fashion, practical execution of the dress, which was Mm -hmm. how in the world did she Mm -mm. keep the dress on? And I guarantee you, if you had invested in double-sided scotch tape prior to that night in 2000, you are now a millionaire because that double-sided fashion tape is the only reason that dress did not cause a major fashion malfunction at the Grammys. It was scandal. It was literally like a Marilyn Monroe moment. And if you ask Jennifer Lopez, she's talked about this in interviews. She felt for Marilyn, it was the white dress that blew up over the subway grates, right? That was such a big deal in that time. Mm -hmm. And for Jennifer, she was one of the first to really show off that much skin. So that was her Marilyn moment. And that dress had as big of an impact on pop culture as Marilyn's dress did, because it's now been credited for the creation of Google Images. That night, so many people were searching for photos of Jennifer in the green Versace dress at the very same moment in time that the guys that founded Google said, wait a second, we have something here. 
The fact that Google Images became a thing because of these talented AF women is wild. It is. And, you know, listen, the image search engine wasn't just born that night at the Grammys, but JLo was definitely the catalyst. So I hope she got some major stock options for that because she is the reason that that exists. Thank God. Can you imagine a world not being able to see Timothy Chalamet's backlist fits instantly? Like, I'd die. I don't want to live in that world. Ever. But the Grammy stage wouldn't be the last time we would see the dress. It also made two appearances on Saturday Night Live. First in 2000, when she wore the original. And then she wore a 2.0 version from the Versace show. 2.0, the reimagined version, was even better than the original. Lil, don't you remember the dress? I do. That's right. Okay, okay. Now it's all coming back to me. During the spring 2020 Versace show, I remember the audience all of a sudden heard this voice saying, Okay, Google, show me the Versace jungle dress. And like magic, dozens of images of the original design from 2000 filled the room. Then they heard that same voice say, Okay, Google, show me the real Versace jungle dress. And bam, just like that, J-Lo herself appeared to strut her stuff down the runway. I got effing chills. And I remember seeing the show and people standing up and J-Lo and her thighs and her body were just <laughs> strutting this runway. And I literally, I, I'm going to tell you, and guess what? She did, she did still have a phony pony, but this one was styled a lot better. So I feel, I feel better about this look. Yeah, that's because this pony was styled by none other than Chris Appleton. So he worked his magic and the phony pony Hello. was less phony. Let's be honest. But can <laughs> I say this? Because I don't know if everyone will agree with me and I don't care, frankly. I hope you agree with me. In 2019, when she wore this dress, 20 mm -hmm. years after she wore the first one, not only did she look better, but the dress looked better. Definitely. Going back to what I was saying about when I first saw it, I felt like it was kind of like a bathing suit wrap. I feel like this time it was definitely more tailored to her body. It was kind of a little bit more cinched at like the, the hips, like the waist. It was just all ruched better. So it kind of felt like it had more of a purpose than like a wrap, right? I completely agree with you. Donatella looked back at the dress and said, wait, how can I make this even better? And that's what they did. The dress felt more intentional. It had a structured shoulder. It had three-dimensional embroidery. It felt like a couture piece, whereas the original Versace felt like something you might buy in Miami at a gift shop because you forgot your cover up at the pool. The Versace dress 2.0 was incredible. It was iconic. Iconic. <laughs> and it's the dress that will never die. But this fashion moment was just the beginning. It was the first step in launching what would become a J-Lo empire. We're talking clothing, fragrance, beauty, skincare, shoes. La Jennifer would have it all. I've always thought that what really makes her so unique in this space is that her look is always evolving. One minute, she's on her way to the gym giving you 90s street style. And the next, she's in this giant over-the-top John Batista Valley at her movie premiere. She's one of those rare stars that just knows how to always keep us on our toes. You never know what's going to happen next. And her style is truly transportive. 
Maybe that's why she was so drawn to it from the beginning. Fashion let her see another world far beyond her corner of the Bronx. And we know that she grew up not only inspired by fashion in New York, but she was also inspired by the glitz and glamour of the 1940s and 50s, specifically Hollywood musicals. Think Ava Gardner, Rita Moreno, and also, of course, Marilyn Monroe. She was so inspired by these women that in 2011, she designed all of the costumes on her worldwide Dance Again tour to evoke these classic film stars. In her book, True Love, Jennifer wrote about her love for the styles of that era. Yeah, she said, On the walls of the dens in my house, I have black and white photos of Hollywood stars from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. When you look at those photos, you can imagine yourself right there with them in a scene out of a classic movie. And I had. Fashion was an escape for Jennifer, a way to dream of a life beyond her barrio. Jennifer's fashion has been so inspirational for so many, especially you and I, which is why I'm so excited because now we're going to do something I like to call rapid recall. This is when Joseph and I go back in time and recall some of our favorite J-Lo fits. Okay, Joseph, favorite Jennifer red carpet look. Um. Okay, my favorite Jennifer red carpet look would be the yellow Giambattista Valli dress um, at the Golden Globes because I felt like it was the first time I had seen her fully covered in eleganza and true like Hollywood style. Yes, I remember this look. I was at the Golden Globes this year and I remember looking down at the carpet. I was really far away from where she was posing and I thought, wait, who's that? Is that Jennifer Lopez? And I remember looking at my producer and being like, that's not very J-Lo. Of course, she still had her slit and she had all of the glam. But that to me was a major moment for her because we had not seen her with a high neck dress fully covered. And also that color for her, that was one of the first times I remember her wearing that color yellow. So and since then, if you see her, she's incorporated that color a lot into her routine. Um, and it's just a beautiful color on her. But do you remember the hair and makeup from that night? I do. I do remember the hair more so than the makeup. And I know I'm a makeup artist, but I just remember the hair just being so glamorous and so Hollywood. I felt she was Hollywood there. She was. What's most striking to me about the makeup is that we all know her glam look for being super tan, super bronzy and glowy. And that night she laid off the bronzer, went with a much more natural tone to her skin mm -hmm. and added a red lip. I don't think I've ever seen JLo do a red lip other than that night. You are so right. Hold on, hold on. Speaking of red and drama, what was your favorite performance look? Ooh, okay. My favorite performance look. Um, so I went to see JLo in Vegas um, for her of course All you I did. Had tour. Very special weekend for me. The concert's one of the only things I remember. And she wore this very cool flight suit. So it was almost like a zip-up jumpsuit, like a pilot wears, but because it's J-Lo and it was designed by Michael Costello, it was fully embellished in sequins and rhinestones. It was so impractical. Nobody could ever fly a plane in this outfit. Um, but it was very street style, but still very couture. And I felt it was a really good blend of where she came from and where she currently was in her style. Totally. Um, speaking of deranged and couples, what was your favorite couple look? Oh, God. And there's so many to choose from. But like you, I'm going to take it way, way back to Benefer 1.0. Oh, my Tell God. Tell me if you remember 
J-Lo in this beautiful, striking, flowy green, not green, because green's going to say Kelly green. It was almost kind of a seafoam green. <sighs> I know exactly the one. It was seafoam green. Seafoam mm-hmm. oh, like, green, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one shoulder, Valentino, asymmetrical hemline. And her date, of course, was Ben. Now, what happened that night was Ben got so much shit because they're like, did Ben borrow her bronzer? Because he showed up super tan, super sleek, maybe had some gel in his hair. But to me, that was one of my favorite J-Lo couples look because it was so iconic. They were such at the peak of their like Hollywood love affair. They broke up like a week later. But at the time to us, we were like, oh my God. They're so beautiful together. Okay, one, I think they broke up because um, Ben stole her bronzer. And you know how she is about her bronzer. <laughs> okay, I'm going to change it up really quick. What was your favorite Met Gala look? Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Because if we're going to talk Jennifer and Met Gala, it needs its own special section. So guys, give us a minute while we regroup and we'll be right back. When you buy a new house, you might say... Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. (laughs) No one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express Card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Kenny, you know there is no episode about fashion that doesn't include the Met Gala. And thankfully, I'm your co-host because you know that I can talk Met Gala all damn day. Now, we've said this before, but Joseph, what is the one thing you love about the Met Gala? Um, I love about the Met Gala is uh, I felt I was in a beauty pageant contest really quick. Um, What (laughs) I love about the Met Gala is for me, it's the Oscars of the East Coast, really. Yeah, no, I agree. It's the biggest fashion event. I think it's bigger than the Oscars because truly when people go to the Met Gala, it is only to expose their fashions. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. Aside from the Grammys, it's when these celebrities feel they can take risks with fashion. And it is a make or break night for a lot of these people. People will show up in something and you'll end up Googling them and being like, who the hell is this person? It's also just such a magical night in New York City. If you've ever been in New York on the first Monday in May, there is just this feeling of just... I don't know. It's this unique sense of the city that the whole city is sparkling. It's bursting at the seams. It just, there's so much excitement in the air. Even if you're not going to the Met Gala, it feels like an event that the entire city shares in. And having been lucky enough to attend and cover it for so many years, honestly, it's one of the biggest highlights of my entire career. It really is. And the cool thing is that it's singers, it's NFL people, it's like athletes, it's all sort. You know, at the Oscars, they're only actors. Mm-hmm. And this one, it is a variety of people, even influencers. Oh, absolutely. And if you guys didn't listen to our Bad Bunny Met Gala episode. Hmm. We know who you are walking around like you're too busy to listen to each and every episode of Becoming an Icon. I'm out here working for you. Joseph, be nice. But we will gladly give you a little Met Gala primer. So every year, there's this fabulous costume gala at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. And it's effectively a benefit for the Costume Institute. And there's only one way in. Mm-hmm. My homegirl. Anna. Winter. Why do you keep saying she's your homegirl? I'm manifesting. I mean, let me. Like Joseph said, this is the biggest event on the East Coast. It is like the Super Bowl of fashion. And it's the who's who of everything, I guess, right? The hottest names in sports, fashion, music, movies. This is la creme de la creme. And the photos of the Met Gala red carpet, y'all, they set the world in fuego. So naturally, J-Lo is a mainstay at the event. She's basically the Tom Brady of Met Galas. The who? The Tom Brady. The quarterback? Uh, I don't know him. Giselle's husband? Ex-husband? Oh my God, yes, yes. The guy who came out in the UGG campaign. <laughs> exactly. Because that is how Tom Brady is known around the world. But Joseph, do you know how many times Jennifer has been to the Met Gala? Tell me. Jennifer Lopez has been to the Met Gala 13 times. 13 times? Okay, damn, her and Anna are really close. And because of that, I'm totally effing gels. I feel Anna gives her a heads up and it's like, JLo, this is the theme. You're getting early access to the event because it sounds like, Joseph, I hate to break it to you. They might be homegirls, not you. Okay, so out of these 13 looks that she has given us over the course of her career, let's talk about our collective top three. I'm so excited. Okay, um, I want to start with probably my favorite makeup look of her. And it was, um, do you remember the Versace? She's always in Versace, isn't she? That Versace naked dress. It was just kind of the, it was the China and the looking glass. Do you remember that one? I, it kind of looked like it was like a dragon. Oh, yeah. It was red. Okay. I love this dress because we were in the naked dress heyday. And if anybody was going to show up and show these bitches how you wear a naked dress, it was Jennifer Lopez. She shoved everyone to the side and was like, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. And then there she rolls in with her strategically placed dragon so good. to light up that red, red carpet. 
Oh my God. And she even had red eyeshadow. Her makeup was super clean. Her eyeshadow was red and kind of flared out almost to her temples. And her hair, it was blown out, but back. Yeah, there was a simplistic elegance to the hair that paired really beautifully because the dress was so elaborate. The theme of this Met Gala was China through the looking glass. So everything was really over the top and opulent and it was really beautiful. In that, she's never looked better, except maybe in 2017 when she went a completely different direction and showed up Mm -hmm. with Alex in this fully covered up, pale, Tiffany blue caped Valentino. Do you remember this one? I do. I do. You know why I remember it? That pony, that phony <laughs> pony. But this one was done nice. Don't it was, be a it was hater. Really, it, was just, <laughs> it was just really big hair. But I do remember it because I was just kind of like, look at her being covered up. It was kind of sheer, right? Didn't have little straps and it was a little sheer on the top. Yes, it was like a satin slip dress underneath. And then it had a high neck where the cape yes. attached and the front was covered. And by the way, there was no slit in sight, which is different for her. And it's mm-hmm. interesting that you and I both really respond to when she's more covered up. It's such a sharp departure from how we're used to seeing her that it almost feels like a fashion palette cleanser to see Jennifer more covered up than normal. Oh my God. It's like a little bit of ginger with our sushi. Mm-hmm. That's exactly <laughs> what the Valentino was. And I'm just going to say this. At the Met Gala, celebrities and actors and sports stars are paired with certain designers. So Anna has paired Jennifer with Versace countless times. Mm -hmm. But my favorite pairing has to be Jennifer with Valentino. And I would love to see Jennifer paired with Valentino in the current era. So here's hoping for Met Gala 2023. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But speaking of being partnered, this Versace crystal look in 2019, Diamante. Okay, this has to take the cake because it was the campiest, most over-the-top look that night. I was there once again, and I am telling you, she showed up with Alex, and people were like, no one's looking at you in your black tuxedo. We are looking at Jennifer because... The dress extended to her hair. Not only was she dripping in this low, deep V, high slit cut Versace Diamante dress, but then they took the same embellishment from the dress and put it on her head like a wig. It was a Diamante wig. Oh my God. You know, so when I first thought, I was just kind of like, wait a minute, is this a hat with fringe or is this a replacement (laughs) of her hair? You know, it was one of those things. And the reason we both love this look is because outside of this red carpet and the theme for the Met Gala that year was notes on camp and camp, you guys, just means over the top, anything goes. Outside of this red carpet, I would have completely shit on this look. I would have been like, I hate it. I don't like it. Why is it Mm -hmm. so much? But knowing that the theme was camp, she showed up ready to play. And let's remind everyone, this is during the Hustlers era. So there was a nod to her stripper character in Hustlers with this, because if anyone's going to do dripping diamantes head to toe, it's like a stylish stripper. Literally head to toe. I wonder if she would like swish some of the crystals off her shoulders. You know, she was always so used to her hair. She would. And her body was just unbelievable in this dress. And I remember thinking... 
in any other situation, I would not have been a fan of this look. But on this red carpet, under this theme, in her Hustlers era, with Alex as her Instagram boyfriend on the carpet, it just worked. And I will say she was so sweet and so generous that night on the carpet. You know, as reporters, we stand there and literally scream these celebrities' names, begging for them to come over to us and talk to us. And Jennifer, one of the biggest stars on the planet, on the carpet with her boyfriend, everybody wanted to talk to them. She was so gracious with her time, came right over to me. And yes, y'all, I did use my trick and I shouted to her in Spanish. I was about to ask you, of course you did. I'm going to do that to everybody now, even if they don't speak Spanish. It doesn't matter. Just do it. 2019 was just her year. This Met look, the CFDA Icon Award. And it was all during her Hustlers era. Yes, that's when she was nominated for a Golden Globe, her first since Selena. And there was even talk of her getting an Academy Award nomination for her work. She was at the top of her career and at the peak of her fashion game. As she was approaching the big 5-0, she was bolder than ever, taking even more significant risks and redefining what it meant to be a woman in your 50s. 30 years into her career and she is still out here serving, bitch. Exactly. We could have started with her music or her acting. Or her love life. We'll get to that, I promise. But, you know, it was important to Joseph and I, as people in the fashion industry, to start with her place in fashion. Because to be honest, it's a place that very few Latinos have ever been accepted. I feel JLo has paved the way for our Latinidad to be accepted in those elite circles and for our cultura to present front and center on some of the world's biggest stages. Yet color, feathers, and a whole lot of bling. On the next episode of Becoming an Icon, get your speakers ready because it's about to get loud. We're going to take you on a ride from the 6th all the way to the Miami Super Bowl. And of course, we'll be making some stops along the way to revisit some of Jennifer's most memorable moments during her incredible music career that spans two freaking decades. Yikes. Becoming an Icon is presented by Sonoro and iHeart's Michael Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion Lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. 
La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.